0: Hi, and welcome to our show, Forever Paranormal, with your host, Dr. Bill and Ed, where we will discuss such things as cryptids, UFOs, hauntings, angels, unsolved mysteries, government conspiracies and cover-ups, witchcraft, the metaphysical, and more, as well as stories sent in by you, our listeners. If we can connect a paranormal element to it, we'll talk about it. And you may be surprised by what all is connected to the paranormal. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and share the show, since it would not be possible without you, our listeners. And as a public service, we would like to let everyone know that you are truly never alone, even if you think you are. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988-Just-Reach-Out. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our show. Hi, Deb. How are you?
1: Hi, Bill. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm great. Still got you as my co-host. Yep. On this episode, we are going to talk about hauntings. We'll discuss some of the most haunted battlefields from the American Civil War and discuss why battlefields and the associated areas used as makeshift hospitals, prisons, and morgues may be some of the most haunted places on Earth and a few of the different types of hauntings you may come across there. The Battle of Gettysburg is the bloodiest battle of the American Civil War. More than 51,000 casualties, it is said to have up to 10,000 soldiers, haunt this battlefield alone, not indulging the surrounding areas.
1: Was there any famous people or sightings or accounts that you can tell me?
0: As a matter of fact, yes. The Daniel Lady Farm is said to hold the ghost of General Isaac Yule and his corps of 10,000 soldiers. He was the first general killed during American Civil War. Troops can be heard marching across the fields. Cannon and rifle fire is heard, as is the screaming of the injured soldiers. It is said you can record EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, at almost any time. Recordings have been made of people asking if any soldiers present and the dead would say their names.
1: Can they be heard during the daytime?
0: Yes. um, There have been EVPs made during the daytime.
1: Anyone famous say their names?
0: Not that I'm aware of. Um, They would get things like Jim or Tom or sometimes from Missouri or things like that. Hmm. The area around Doubleday Inn is known as Iverson's Pit, where a brigade of North Carolinians were slaughtered. The pit is the location of the mass grave for the soldiers and is a spot where ghosts are seen today. The mass grave remains.
1: Does the inn still operate as an inn today?
0: No, it does not, as it is part of the National Park System and it's within the battlefield itself. But that's a good question. Devil's Den on the battlefield near Little Round Top is said to be incredibly haunted. There is supposedly an entire battalion of soldiers who perform a battle march with one particular Texan soldier, Ghost, being seen as recently as 2010.
1: Who is this particular Texan?
0: No one's really sure because they just know he's a Texan because back in the early parts of the Civil War, each state had its own uniform. There wasn't a normal blue-gray that we think of when we think of the Civil War. Uh, One of the Troops out of Massachusetts had ostrich feathers on their hats and stuff, almost like naval officers, and other ones had big, bright red pants and things like that, and it didn't become until later on that everybody got more of a uniformed uniform, as soldiers were firing on each other. The North was firing on the North, and the South was firing on the South, and that's when the uniforms came into play. Now, let's move on to the Battle of Chickamauga. The Chickamauga battlefield is in northern Georgia, and it was one of the bloodiest of the battles to take place in the south, with more than 35,000 casualties. Ironically, the area is named Chickamauga after the local Cherokee tribe, but the word actually means Bloody River in Cherokee.
1: Did the Cherokee name the area or sanction the name of the area?
0: The Cherokee name for the area was Chickamauga, and the Cherokee tribe that lived there, and then when they were forced to move during the Trail of Tears, they just kept the name Chickamauga, the local people, because that's what they were used to calling it. People who live nearby report hearing gunshots, moaning, and crying throughout the night, while others swear they heard the harmonious sound of soldiers marching on Snodgrass Hill. Almost every battlefield had wives and loved ones searching through the enormous stack of dead bodies of the slaughtered soldiers, and is said to have a lady or white ghost hunting for her lost love on that battlefield. Old Green Eyes of Chickamauga is said to be one of the most mysterious entities of any battlefield. Speculation is a leftover demon from the Cherokee time after they abandoned the River of Death and is said to attack Union officers.
1: Why is he called a demon?
0: The speculation is the Cherokee put a curse and spell on the area to kill the Union soldiers that ran him off during the Trail of Tears and made them leave their homelands. The Battle of Sharpsburg is better known as Antietam by the North. Another bloody battle of civil war took place on September 17, 1862, on Antietam Creek near the small town of Sharpsburg, Maryland. It was an intense battle on a small rural road which spread out to the nearby fields and farmland. It lasted only four hours, but resulted in a staggering 23,100 men killed or wounded. Soldiers on both sides fired continuously as the Federals tried repeatedly to overtake the position. Finally, the Confederate soldiers were overrun and bodies fell on top of bodies in a bloody, sunken road. Tales of Union and Confederate ghost sightings report seeing officers firing at each other and with artillery shells and guns going constantly. Today, this is known as Bloody Lane. The Pry House was used as a makeshift hospital during the battle. Due to the type of damage caused by the 58 caliber soft lead bullets when they hit an arm or leg, the majority of the, air quotes, surgery performed were nothing more than mass amputations. The body parts were tossed out of the first floor windows on the wagons, and the wagons were left there until the body parts stacked high enough that you could see them even with the windows, and then they were moved out. There was so much carnage at this battle that the dead and wounded were spread throughout the entire town of Sharpsburg.
1: Do these ghosts haunt the battlefield, or do they wander the town?
0: They also? wander the town as the town pretty much was the battlefield, so they're all over the area. Um, sightings and hauntings are said to be spread throughout the entire area to this day. And, you know, a lot of the ghosts may be haunting because you know, their limbs were all thrown out and put in mass graves or burnt, and then most of those soldiers that had amputations ended up dying. And they were buried in mass graves. They didn't receive individual burials.
1: Do you think they're looking for their body parts, or I don't
0: know. You may be right. That that may be part of it. You know, they they may be hunting around, going where's my leg. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't know. Poor fella. The Battle of Fredericksburg was not fought in the fields, but throughout the town itself, and included the battles of Chancellorsville. The wilderness and Spotsylvania, resulting in over 100,000 casualties. Of the many buildings that existed at this time, there are still over 350 remaining. Many of these are used as, were used as hospitals, prisons, and morgues. Almost every one of these buildings are said to be haunted by one ghost or another.
1: Do they haunt only the existing buildings, or do they haunt where original sites?
0: They hunt the existing buildings and some of the original areas um, where the buildings were, because some of the existing roads remain and things like that. Most of those killed in battle did not receive proper burials, with some even being dug up and reburied in the national cemeteries located at these battlefields. Most have been turned into national parks, with some, but not all, the mass graves being located and the remains reburied. Even with those reburied, a large number of them still remain unidentified. That means scores of mass graves and and unmarked tombs still remain, making the area rife with ghost activity.
1: I'm curious when a dead person, whether it be back in Civil War times now or in the future, when they're dug up and reburied, does... A ghost haunt the original grave site or the new grave site, or how's that work?
0: I believe they're going to haunt both because when you have mass graves like they had at the Civil War, it wasn't everybody in individual coffins, it was just a pile of bodies thrown in holes and covered up. And when they relocated these and reburied them into the national okay. cemeteries on the battlefield grounds themselves, it's not necessarily you're going to have the right skull with the right body or the right femur bones with the right body. And whether they're rebelled or not, these, the energy is still mass, massively screwed up. And they're going to be haunting a lot of things probably. This amount of death and carnage undoubtedly results in massive amounts of energy congregated in one location. There is no choice but for this to result in both residual and intelligent types of hauntings.
1: Would you mind explaining the difference between residual and intelligent hauntings?
0: Sure. There's multiple types of hauntings, but the most common at these battlefields are going to be residual or intelligent. A residual haunting is where the energy from whatever happened just stays there. And it'd be like seeing a soldier's march or hearing cannon fire or hearing rifle shots. Uh, people screaming, things like that, that would be considered residual hauntings. The energy is residual in in the area. An intelligent haunting would be would be like where people are asking, "Is there any soldiers here? Can you give us your ne- your name?" And a soldier answers back with his name, or he might say where he's from, like Missouri, or something like that. That would be an intelligent haunting because they are communicating back and forth with you. So that makes him an intelligent spirit or intelligent ghost. Excuse me. These hauntings are created by ghosts, not spirits, in my opinion. Ghosts are typically those that have died a quick death, a young death, a violent death, or not received proper intimate or burial. This usually results in that person or energy not knowing they are dead, or they may be lost or just scared to cross.
1: What is the difference between a spirit and a ghost?
0: Um, Like I stated, a ghost is someone that that is still here. They may not know they're dead or they may not know that it's okay to cross. They may have been a bad person in life but still had a strong religious upbringing and they're afraid of going to hell or not going to heaven or afraid of the punishment they're going to receive. receive. So they're just still here or they just may be lost and stuck. A spirit is someone that has passed and went across to the other side but comes back to either provide guidance or help, or it could be like your spirit guide, or a family member, or an angel. Or they can just come back as a poltergeist to cause panic and things like that, but that's a whole different area. But that's the difference between spirits and ghosts. As I stated earlier, most of these major battlefields have been made national parks, and attempts have been made to locate the mass graves and rebury the soldiers in individual graves in the national cemeteries, which were created on these battlefields. But not all of the mass graves have been located. In Gettysburg, for example, there are still at least two mass graves that they have not been able to locate. But they know that there was a minimum of seven. They've only located five, just from the records of that time. So there's still a tremendous amount of energy from all the carnage and stuff at these different battlefields that go on and and create these hauntings and create these residual effects and intelligent haunting effects. And I think it's something that most people should just go experience for themselves one time. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for listening, and until next time, when we discuss another tale yet to be told. Thank you for listening, and remember to like and share the show. We would also appreciate a five-star rating wherever possible to help new listeners find the show. We welcome all questions or comments you may have about this or any other episode, and our contact information can be found in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow us at foreverparanormal.com, and if you'd like to support us, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash foreverparanormal. The links to these are also in the show notes of this episode.